didn't get the job, not making the money, don't have enough of this, don't have enough friends, don't have this. You can really just focus on all the things you don't have. The practice that we're introducing to you is build better habits, be in regular routine to make sure you're focusing on the things that you do have so you create gratitude for things that you can be welcoming more blessings into your life. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland, the first, second. And only and last. Oh, you're always rubbing it in. It's okay. That's okay. I'm okay with that. (laughs) <laughs> Kick it off. Do you Kick have a wet in the world? Yeah. So uh, hello, everyone. How are you? I'm well. All right. Well, fantastic. I'm. How are you? I'm super, superb, stupendous. Mm. It's interesting that you made that sound because it's important that we share <laughs> with the audience that most people, when you ask them how they're doing, they say, I'm good. I'm Fine. all right. And because okay. today's episode, we're going to be tackling like, you know, mental health. Those are things that are super important. And when you're asking someone how they're doing, to really want to know how they're doing Mm -hmm. and be prepared that they may not be doing well. Okay. Right? But if you are doing fantastic, superb, then you need to express that. Stupendous. You need to express that because human beings only express about eight to 10 words to describe how they're feeling. Well, they say we have a third grade level of vocabulary when it comes to describing how you feel. Right. But I think it becomes more just like out of habit. You know, when someone says, how are you? I'm fine. Yeah. It's like a social, like redundancy. Or, okay, so fine. Oh, just so tired. I have, I'd say 80% of my friends are like, oh, just so busy. Busy triggers me. Yeah. I'm like, you need to slow down. You ain't that busy. Right. Right. Well, you probably are, but you just say no to more things. Right. Well, I think people, because you say it often, you become that often. Right. right? If I say, oh, I'm tired, then every time someone asks me, how are you doing? And it's, you know, I never forget, I heard Earl Nightingale talk about attitude. And he said, I, he went into this office. It was, you know, 10 a.m. in the morning, he asked the receptionist, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the receptionist responded, I'm tired. He goes, it's 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you tired? Right. But that's just, you're a tired person. Like, tired, tired, tired. With your tired ass, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. But I think when you say, hey, today is going to be a great day, I think that you respond that way. So. Yeah. And so I think we're going to dive into that in today's episode. We're going to talk to you about some of the things that you can do to take better control over how you're feeling. Right. But before again, I, ha- I do have a what in the world. Okay, tell All right. me. So we are not movie critics. Um, we don't <laughs> disclaimer. Yeah, this is a disclaimer. We don't we don't subscribe to like Rotten Tomatoes and mm-hmm. rate movies. But I pride myself on selecting fantastic movies for my wa- my family to watch. My okay. wife doesn't get into. She's like, I'll watch whatever you tell me to watch, and I do a pretty good job. You do. Yeah. I give you a lot of power, though. Yeah. I only watch shows or movies that you tell me, like, this is what we're going to watch. There's certain things in our relationship that work. 
Mm-hmm. And there's certain things I want to give you full autonomy to like handle control. Right. So there's certain things I take the back seat to. That may be shocking for some of you, but choosing movies and shows, not my thing. Right. I just let him have full responsibility I say, over hey, that. We're gonna watch this. We try it, we watch it, it works out. Yeah. So I chose a movie recently, mm-hmm. uh, Reminiscence. I asked no questions. Right. And Mind you, right now it's been slim pickings for movies, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't. There's nothing that's like standing out. I think the movie industry is trying to recover from like a year of not putting out blockbusters, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to go to a movie because you know Kayla's leaving soon. Like we wanted to just keep doing family things time. as a family time. Mm-hmm. So I picked a movie. Well, you picked old last week, and old was good. That was good. Yeah, Very that good was movie. good. Okay. Yeah, and then this week you picked. And this week I picked Reminiscence. Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying it right. Reminiscence. Reminiscence. Yeah. And so this movie, I don't care if I'm ruining it for you. It's horrible. Don't. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh. And I'm a Hugh He's Jackman a great, fan. Mm-hmm. You know, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Right. Sandy Newton. Love fan, her. Yeah. All potential. Mm-hmm. Right. But this movie was like. A bad Inception, <laughs> which Inception was a great movie, mixed with Waterworld, mm-hmm. mixed with I don't even understand. Like, and so the movie was so bad that I had to formally apologize to my family <laughs> for subjecting them to such a horrible movie. Like, I literally, after the movie, she'll tell you, I, I literally looked down the aisle and I said, I apologize, family. <laughs> This was my fault. You will never get that two hours back. I stole it from you and I gave it to this horrible, horrible movie. Well, you know, you're entitled to choose a bad movie every now and then. But the thing is, is like several times throughout the movie, I looked at you and I said, (laughs) this doesn't look like it's ending soon. And you were like, nope, it doesn't. I said, this isn't going anywhere. (laughs) You were like, nope. It's not. And then I was like, I was still optimistic. It's trash. Yes, it is. And so at least three or four times throughout the movie, I look at you and I'm just perplexed. And I tell you what I'm thinking. And you're like validating what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking at any moment he's going to say, fuck it, let's just go. (laughs) And I was waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting. And so like Fab and Kayla, Jordan, we're all at certain points. We're like, throwing up our hands like, what are they talking about? Where is this going? So the point is, is like, you're going to see a bad movie every now and then, but you picked that, you took ownership, responsibility, you apologized, thank you for that, but don't go see that movie. Yeah. Period, let's move on. Move on. But it was so funny because after 30 minutes, I was like, okay, there's still hope. After about 45 minutes to an hour, I was like, okay, it has to be, the second half of the movie has to be really good in order to save this movie. Mm -hmm. And I kept my optimism all the way, and and Mm -hmm. I was just let down at every turn. And so I'm not a movie critic, but I would tell you, what in the world, who gave them the money to make this? Well, so here's my what in the world pertaining to that is like, if you are someone like Hugh Jackman, you've got an agent, you've got hits under your belt. I just want to know who's responsible for making him sign up and say that that was going to be a good movie for him to add to his resume. I have no because idea. if I'm sitting in the theater and I'm watching him, like I'm him watching myself, I'm like, I did a, a relatively great job at that, but no one's going to know because <laughs> this is a shitty movie, right? And so I'm upset that that's on my resume now because right. that ruins my score. But all I could think about was like those poor actors were subjected to this by someone in their corner that said, this is a great script. You should definitely get on board with this movie. They said yes, and now it's destroyed your resume. Yeah, and it had potential. And so- So don't go see the movie. Don't go see that, but that was bad. And so I apologize. So 
if thank you for your public apology. Yeah, absolutely. So to my family, I apologize for subjecting you to that. Well, for me, I didn't have a superb week as far as like excitement and oh my God, over the top. Like I don't have coworkers. I work from home. So I don't have a ton of excitement. I feel like you come home with lots of stories. It's fun. So I'm working on trying to interact more with my team, Mm -hmm. interact more with people outside of my home. And so, yeah, I don't have any crazy things that happened to me this week, which makes me sound kind of boring. So somebody shake up my life a bit. (laughs) I don't know. All right. So we're going to dive in today to this topic around mental health because there's a mental health crisis happening right now. And it kind of just is coming from all different directions. You see so much stuff on social media about mental health. You see so many things on the news. I mean, the Olympics, like everywhere you turn, there's something pertaining to mental health. So we want to throw a disclaimer out there that we are not mental health professionals, experts, practitioners, any of that. But we are, you know, leaders. We are mentors. We're coaches and we're helping people work through some really challenging things in life that can throw you off kilter, that can put you in a bad mood, that can help you slip into like anxious states or states of depression or sadness. And so we're only going to be speaking from our experience on things that have worked for us personally, and then things that have helped through some of the coaching that we've provided for our students and the people that we mentor. Yeah. And obviously we've, we have learned a lot in readings and in understanding the mind. And one of the things that I have told people when it comes to this is you know, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the things you can do. But for me, it has been what has helped my mental health is a curiosity of how the mind and your emotions all kind of work together. Mm-hmm. And because my curiosity has led to reading, learning, watching different videos, it has helped me kind of understand my mind in a sense. And mm-hmm. so I think that understanding it leads to when I feel something. I'm able to kind of codify and understand, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is real or not real, mm-hmm. right? We joke around with that uh, right. th- that phrase. but that I, I don't even know where we got that from. I want to say it was like Hunger Games. It was Hunger Katniss. Games, yeah. It's like asking PETA, like Peter real or not real. was having a freak real. out, mm-hmm. right? And he goes, everything that was happening, he was asking real or not real. Right. Because his so mind had been more- as a joke all the time. Right, but it's really effective. Like oh, when for you think, sure. I'm, you know- you said something to me and I feel it's some a certain way. Real or not real, is that is, is that a real meaning? I'm, right. Is that, is that the most accurate meaning I can give it? I mean, I kind of use it for everything, though. <laughs> if I got in a car accident, like, I think the first thing I'd do is look at you and be like, real or not real? <laughs> it kind of adds some humor to things, but it's also like, it's your way of saying, what in the fuck just happened, right? right? right. And so- You know, that's one kind of practice that we can give you right there is just how are you responding when times of crisis arise or times of uncertainty or things that don't feel good, challenging times? Are you freaking out Mm -hmm. or are you trying to be in practice? Do you have like a go to phrase or something that you say that helps kind of redirect where the energy should be going in that moment? Right. I think that's a, a solid tip. Right. Yeah. Okay, so real or not real. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into a couple of things that we think that you can actually do to create a healthier mind. Right. Okay, so tip number one sounds pretty simple. I think they're all going to sound simple, but we'll kind of deep dive into them. You got to talk about your feelings. Like we know so many people that keep things bottled up 
and they just internalize things. And then what happens is, is you start to create all this meaning and you start to create shame. You start to create a different narrative. You start to create your narrative and you start to just have all these conversations that may not be healthy or helpful in helping you resolve or solve the issue. Yeah. And just to really give preface, like this is about being proactive, right? And Mm -hmm. so everything we're talking about is about how you get to a place so that you can maintain a healthy mindset, right? right? And so I just want to put this out before we get in because I want to tackle that. But if you are struggling with deep depression or deep anxiety, obviously seek seek professional help, seek professional help to get help with that. But to to get to- that is talking about your feelings. That is talking about your feelings. And I think one of the things that we've learned, and I forgot who it was, but they talked about like your emotional literacy, mm-hmm. right? And as you increase your emotional literacy, being able to describe how you feel is one of the biggest places to go or one of the biggest aids in healthy mm-hmm. mindset, right? Because if I can describe to you, then I don't have to act out that emotion. I don't have to scream at you, yell scream, at you, cry, right? throw things. Because a toddler screams and cries because they can't tell you how right. they feel. And adults do the same thing. Right. And so I think that being able to communicate that is so important. Yeah, so, so powerful. talking about your feelings, though, like with a professional, like you're saying, like I think that insurance companies right now, we're in a crisis, a mental health crisis. So insurance companies want you to leverage you know, the ability to call the 800 number on the back of your card and speak to a professional. I think now more than ever is the best time to get into like therapy or counseling because you can do it on Skype or Zoom and you don't have to get in your car and go talk to someone. There are also tons of apps and things out there that will help connect you to a professional. But I just think that for this number one point is like it has to come out in some way. It can't just stay bottled up inside of you and then it's just turning into like this pent up frustration and it's not helpful, right? Yeah. And so another way that you could get it out, which is something I do often, is like release it on paper. Mm. If you don't have a therapist that you're talking to and you're frustrated about something, like be in the habit of doing something to get it out of your body and release it in a way. So yeah. you can write a letter. I've written letters to many people that I want to give them. I have never even <laughs> I've never even given them right. the letters in most cases. I just needed to get it out of my mind. And on to paper, we did a funny thing, Jordan and I, a few years ago where we did something similar to that, wrote it on paper, and then we burned it mm. in the front yard. And I thought, okay, this is fun. Like this. Right. So the point is, is get it out. It has to get out of your system because it will reduce symptoms of depression, sadness, things like that. But you got to find a way to get it out. Yeah. And one of the things that I have learned when it comes to stress and anxiety, and I think it gets to the next point, is that those things are normal, mm-hmm. right? So that's the first thing you need to know is like stress, frustration, anxiety, they're all normal. They're all energy, mm-hmm. right? And so like you think about from a primitive standpoint, when you're under attack by, let's just say it's a lion, right? You see a lion, right? Just mm-hmm. bear with me. All of those same physiological things happen in your body, right? Your heart rate goes up. You're extremely excited. And your body's telling you fight or flight. And so your body is giving you energy to do something, right? And so when something happens in your life and that energy's there, you got to do something. And what most people do is they sit with it and they don't get moving, mm-hmm. right? And so because they sit with it, that energy stirs in them and that's when it causes disease, right? right? And so the, the second thing is you got to get moving. 
Okay. Right? You got to move your body. You got to be able to exert that energy somehow. So that's not going to solve the problem that you may be dealing with, but it will give you the clarity to have a clear mind to solve it. Well, here's just an easy way that I kind of look at that. Like, you know, when you're feeling sad and depressed or lonely or anxious or whatever, the last thing you want to do is like, okay, I'm going to be excited about going to the gym. Right. But we are talking about practices that you can lean into when you know that your mental health is suffering, mm-hmm. right? So if you're looking at exercise as like, oh, this is, this sucks, like I right. hate doing this, then obviously us telling you, hey, in order to get happy, you should move your body, that's not gonna feel good. But the reality is, is that you need to know that when you move your body, you create more energy. And so if you are feeling like you want to stay stuck on the couch with bonbons and chocolate bars or whatever Cheetos that you eat, I'm telling you right now that I know from experience as well as you that if I force myself to get up and take a walk in nature, even a walk around my block or go for a hike or do something, you never regret creating energy in your body. Yeah. You never, you never go to the gym and say, oh my God, you always feel accomplished. You always feel like, more refreshed, right? You might be fatigued from the workout, Mm-mm. but you always feel good about it. Right. So part of the practices that we're, you know, introducing to you are things that can help you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And the reason why I think that's so important, it, you know, just to add one more thing is a lot of mental health issues and emotional issues that people experience is due to a lack of accuracy. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by lack of accuracy is something happens in their life, they give it a meaning. And usually is an exaggerated thing, Mm -hmm. right? So I didn't get a promotion. That means that I am not good enough. Mm -hmm. That means that I'm not smart enough. That means that I don't, I'm not pretty enough. Mm -hmm. That means all these different things that is not really accurate. Right. right? And I think that when you start to move yourself and like, and I love the point of writing things down, that can help you get to more accurate thinking to hopefully get to a more reasonable place from your emotional standpoint. Right, and something I learned from my stepmom a long time ago is like, ask yourself in those moments of, you know, hey, I'm questioning myself, what happened and what am I making it mean? And to me, that's just so powerful and I go to it all the time. Like what happened was I didn't get the promotion. What I made it mean is I'm a loser, I'm not good enough, I never, you know, get the things that I want, life is always happening to me. Like I could make it mean a ton of things, right? right? But what happens is none of that stuff is helpful. But what is helpful is asking myself, okay, why did I not? Like, what could I have done to maybe put myself in a better position? Was I not prepared? Do I not have enough experience under my belt? You know, could I get better at advocating for myself at work? Could I get better at, you know, proving myself to my boss that, you know, I am worthy of this? Could I step it up in a different way? So getting to a solutions-based resolution is better than all of the shame that comes along with making it mean something that it likely doesn't even mean. What happens is, is like you apply for a position and there's maybe 10 people applying. And the reality is one person's going to get it and nine people are going to be sad in the moment because they didn't. Right. And being sad's okay. You yeah. just can't live there. So again, I'm reminding you that we are giving you practices for taking control of mental health, not right. for just saying like, oh, get over it. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Right. No, you get to be sad if you have a loss. You get to, you be, get to dis- be disappointed, disappointed if you don't get the role or the job or you get to be questioning and like 
I guess, sad if you lose your job, which we have, right. but you don't get to live there is what we're saying. Right. And it's not that, healthy. And you can't stack it. Right. Right. You can't. And I think that that's what I see people do is they, they don't get something, they fall short and they stack it with something that happened in the past. And that could be years ago. Right. Something familiar. Yeah. And they just keep stacking all of these things to help fortify and affirm their story, their story that they're trying to create. Yeah, I and, never and get it, anything. All it does is deepen, deepen your emotions mm-hmm. until you start to self-identify. Right. And when people start to self-identify, like I am depressed, then you become depression. Right. And then that's a dangerous, dangerous place. Right. Okay. So number three is focus on fueling your body. And so obviously this is about eating well, but I can't tell you enough that you know when you're feeling sad and lethargic and you have no energy, if you keep eating all kinds of bad fatty foods, those things don't give you energy. It's like a scientific, like there's tons of scientific data that says like you are what you eat, right? So if we are trying to feel better, and again, I just have to remind you again, we're teaching you how to try to participate in making yourself feel better. And so in the moment of sadness, we feel like we need ice cream, a whole gallon of ice cream. We feel like we need the mac and cheese and the hot wings or whatever your go-to pleasures are. But the reality is, is we know after eating things like that consistently, they always make us feel like shit. Whether they're taking away our energy, whether it's sitting in your gut and you're not digesting it, whether you feel like you're trying to work out and get healthier, but you know, you you slipped into the comfort and now you've got shame around what you right. ate. But bad food never makes you feel good, right? Well, and here's the deception of it all. When we feel our lowest or we feel a certain way, the first thing we try to do is we try to find moments in our past when we felt better, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times food surrounds a lot of things like a connection with other people. Mm-hmm. It also is pleasure. We love the way things taste. Mm-hmm. So I can see how we move to that really quickly. Like I feel bad, but I know when I eat ice cream, I feel good because mm-hmm. I love the taste of it. Mm-hmm. I love when I eat this. It makes me feel good for the moment because I love the taste of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the answer. Right. Right. It's not the solution. And in times when you're your lowest, fuel is the most important thing not getting to a place of where you're just trying to fill yourself with pleasure. And so I think what you know what I've seen and I have someone really close to me that when they feel low, the way that they cope with it is they try to mask it with drugs, mm-hmm. right? Specifically with weed, right? Mm-hmm. And so they never get to feel the feeling of disappointment or sadness because before it even settles in, before it can even in some cases be a motivator, right? It is being covered and masked by narcotics. (laughs) Right. Okay. So again, number four is focus on fueling your body. That's not only what you're putting into it, but it's also the things that you're saying no to. So it's not just food. It could be substances. Right. And when you talk about weed, you're basically what you're saying to me is I feel sad. I want to sit at home on my couch. I you know, just got evicted, lost my job, you know, my kids not speaking to me, all of the terrible things. And so you're telling me not to smoke weed, even though weed is supposed to help with my anxiety. Right. And you're telling me in order to feel better that I should just sit in the pain and like let myself feel the fact that maybe I'm at the lowest point in my life. Yeah. I'm saying that you have to do something, right? right? I'm not saying sit with it at all. What I'm saying is, is that choose a different outlet, choose a different fueling station. right? Exactly. And one thing depletes 
like marijuana. I mean, I, I don't have anything against anyone who smokes weed, mm -hmm. right? But if you're using it to mask like emotional feelings, mm -hmm. you're putting yourself in a really tough cycle where you will be addicted to it. And anytime you feel an emotion you don't want to feel, you'll go to that. Right. And emotions are there for a reason. We feel emotions for a reason. It's for us to respond. It's an indicator that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. No different than when you put your hand on a hot stove. It's an indicator to say that burns. Right. It will harm Do you. Do something different. Do something different. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is not only from a food standpoint, but one thing that has helped me is I constantly fuel my brain with things that give me the information or give me the inspiration of how I want to feel. Right. Right. And so I'm constantly listening to motivational videos. I'm watching TED Talks. I'm reading books to help me understand myself, but also to give me aspirations of like, wow, I love that idea. I want to go in that direction. I'm not trying to cover up. I'm trying to find solutions. And a lot of times the solutions are outside of myself. So again, just hammering this home, number four is focus on fueling your body. This is what you eat. This is, you know, the substances that you intake or don't. This is the information that you seek to consume or take in. These are the thoughts that you choose to either sit in or change, mm -hmm. right? So fueling your body is really about mind, body, soul, going to church, listening to yeah. a pastor, you know, reading your Bible, that could be a form of fuel for you. But the whole point of this podcast is to talk to you about things that you can do to be in practice when you feel sad, when yeah. you feel anxious, when you feel like your mental health is kind of suffering. The question we have for you is so many people are like, oh, I'm sad, you know, I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with anxiety. And the question that we want to ask them is, well, what are you doing? What are your practices to make sure that you're improving that? And they're like, what? Yeah, I mean. I just struggle with it. <laughs> so you struggle with anxiety. Okay, what practices do you have to help you cope with that or to help you overcome that or help you deal with different anxiety attacks right. or what, what happens, one, preventatively right. and what happens in the moment when these things come up? Yeah, and, and they can't ever answer these right. questions. And we, and we have these conversations all the time. I mean, our business is built off coaching. And so mm -hmm. we interact with folks that demonstrating a lot of these emotions and, mm -hmm. and have a lot of these issues. And, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day that was deeply depressed and, and my heart went out to them. And I was, you know, being empathetic and, and listening to what they were going through. And then I asked the question, I said, well, I know that you're experiencing this now. But do you remember a time when you were your happiest? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yes. And I was like, okay, cool. Do you remember what you were doing during that time? Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, I was snowboarding. I was traveling. I was doing this. I was hanging out with my friends. I was exercising every day. Mm -hmm. I was doing all these things. And I go, okay, cool. I said, that's amazing. What are you doing now? And I go, oh, nothing. <laughs> and, so, and I go, and I look at him, I'm puzzled. I'm like, wait, nothing? He goes, yeah, go I'm, not do that. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I go, well, doesn't that kind of like give you an indication? Right. And then that, that light bulb moment happened for him. And he was like, oh, right. man, I get it. Like I stopped doing the things that gave me life, mm -hmm. right? And I'm wondering why I feel like lifeless right now. So that's the point of this is like, okay, you're feeling tired and you have no energy. Perfect. What are you doing to create energy in your life? 
are you in a commitment to regular workout schedule? Right. No? Okay, well, you're not going to be creating better energy. Do you do anything to create energy that excites you maybe in nature? Do you do anything that fuels your body to create more energy from a food standpoint that makes you feel really good? No? Okay. You're feeling defeated, burnt out. You're lacking confidence. You have low self-esteem. It's broken. You feel lonely, disconnected. Okay, what things are you doing to be in practice of the opposite of that if that's not what you want to feel? Right. And so that's what we're talking about right now. So getting into number five, if you're feeling tired and burnt out and frustrated and overwhelmed, guess what number five is? Rest and recover. <laughs> Your ass is tired, Yeah. right? So you could be tired emotionally. You could be tired mentally. You could be tired spiritually. You could be tired socially. There's lots of different forms of rest. In fact, there are seven different types of rest, which I'll link in the show notes for you. But simply put, like you need a timeout. And yeah. so often we don't want to take a timeout and you just need a break, right? And, and that's so something I think to be vulnerable, that's something that we have to look out for mm-hmm. because we're constantly moving. We're constantly doing things. And a lot of times when you don't slow down, you actually don't know how you feel. Right. You just know you've got to get stuff done, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes in order to, to really get a, a self-check, you got to slow down and kind of rest and see, okay, how, where am I at right now? Right. So rest is important. Number six, do something you're good at. So you need to engage in confidence building activities. Yeah. So if someone says, you know, I'm just really feeling down and, you know, kind of depressed and I'm disappointed because I didn't get this job or this promotion or you know, someone told me no for the apartment that I wanted or whatever. We deal with rejection a lot. And it's important to point out that some people are really great at dealing with rejection. Mm. The types of people that are great at dealing with rejection are people that usually who have dealt with the most rejection. Well, yeah. And they they put themselves out there the most. Right. Right. So the founder of Spanx, I can't remember her name right now, but she said that She had this crazy idea to come up with nylons that didn't have feet in them, Mm -hmm. right? And it was just ridiculous. And people ask her, like, what what were you thinking to go out and ask someone? She goes, oh, I was used to dealing with rejection. She's like, every job I ever had put me in a place where rejection was more constant than a yes. So she was a door-to-door fax salesperson. Right. You know how many people come to your door and you're just like, Before you even open the door and hear what they're saying, it's a hard no. Right. So she was just like, I was used to hearing no. Well, guess what? It didn't make her sad. It didn't make her depressed. Why? Because she had more practice dealing with it, right? So the first time someone tells you no, the first time you don't get that role or that job or something that you've interviewed for or prepared for, it can sting. Yeah. And guess what? You got to figure out a way to get better and go back. And it might be a no for the second time. But that shouldn't be something that spirals you into like sadness or depression. And so we're talking to you about building better habits, but really around things that can help you build confidence. So yeah, and what happens is is if you don't participate in those things, if you don't continue to put yourself out there, people typically retreat and they stop putting themselves out there because they don't want to feel disappointment. They don't want to feel sadness. They don't want to feel the Uh, frustrations. And I heard someone say, when you don't want to feel those emotions, you have dead people goals because only dead people go without feeling sad, disappointment and all those things. And so you have to embrace the fact that you are going to feel those things, especially if you're trying to live life full out and you're trying to achieve things. And so 
to me, what I've learned is one of the greatest confidence building activities that you can do is building a routine that you can be proud of. Which brings me to number seven, which is establish your non-negotiables. So we're talking habits and rituals. So let's just talk really quick. What are some non-negotiables that you have that you practice daily? Yeah, well, exercise. Mm -hmm. Exercise, reading, and you know what I need to do more of is writing. So these are not things that you wake up and say, ah, I have a busy day today. Will I not? Right. Right. I have a busy day today. I don't think I'm going to have time to go to the gym. Well, when you're practicing things like self-discipline when it comes to going to the gym, everyone is proud of themselves mm-hmm. when they can say, man, I went four weeks and I was consistent with the times that I said I was going to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. That self-esteem that you build because you're proud of yourself is transferable to everything else right. that you want to do. It builds confidence, inner confidence to know that you were a woman of your word or a man of your word. And so you can do things that are repetitious. Mm -hmm. You can make them fun. You can still look forward to them. So I think it's safe to say like now going to the gym isn't something you're like, ugh, I got to go to the gym because I want to stay healthy. I want to. No, you go to the gym to create energy. Mm. You go to the gym to make sure that you kick off your day in the right way. right? Right. I heard Guy Raz, he's the host of How I Built This Podcast. He said, I go to the gym every day and I do a really hard workout to where I'm pushing myself really, really hard because it helps me realize that if I can be in control of the hard things that I'm going to go through today, then I'm in control of my life, right? Right. I'm not going to be blown around by a flat tire or something that happened that was bad, you know, externally, I'm going to create the bad and I'm going to go through it optionally. And then once I do, I feel better and I can handle anything. I love that. It's funny because I think about when you talk about like doing something crazy, like I do a cold shower Mm because I want that to be the most uncomfortable thing I do to start my day. day. Mm -hmm. Like when you subject yourself to discomfort, I think you handle discomfort that you didn't control or put on yourself. Much better. better, Because you're like, do you know what I do to myself? You know what I did this morning? Yeah, this doesn't bother me. But building your non-negotiables, establishing your non-negotiables and building better habits, I think is super important. That could be in the form of a journal, Mm. you know, like we have a 90 day thrive journal that you can get on Amazon and it's to help you track your achievements. It's to help you track your gratitude. It's to help you reach out and connect with people on a regular basis. All of the things that we're kind of talking to you about today, it's to be in a rather regular rhythm routine and establish some non-negotiables. So if you don't practice gratitude every day and you're not thankful for the things that you are being blessed with, isn't it true that if you're not in practice of that, then it's really easy to just be like, I didn't get the job, not making the money, don't have enough of this don't have enough friends, don't have this, you can really just focus on all the things you don't have. The practice that we're introducing to you is build better habits, be in regular routine to make sure you're focusing on the things that you do have so you create gratitude for things that you can be welcoming more blessings into your life. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things because like when people look at their lives and they look at the things that are in pristine condition, right? Maybe it's their car, maybe it's their home, maybe... It's their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. It's something in their life that's nearly perfect. Uh They tend to it, right? right? They nurture it. They pay attention to it. They give it love. They give it time. And I think that often when we are feeling horrible, 
Like we're not doing those things, mm -hmm. right? So we don't create a routine that nurtures, that tends to our well-being. And then when our brain and our bodies give out, when we give in to the overwhelming emotions that can swallow us, then we're like, oh, I, how did this happen, right? right? But when you look back and you say, wow, I, I wasn't using a journal because if I write in a journal, I'm actually going to be pretty accurate about the things that are happening in my life. Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to be a little bit more accurate about my emotions because they're written down. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to ask you again, what are your non-negotiables? Like non-negotiable, I would say maybe three times since November, we've made our bed every single day, mm -hmm. right? So it's like a non-negotiable right. unless, you know, we're really, really scrambling for time in the in the morning or oh, something. Oh, three times we haven't made our right. bed. Right, three oh. times we have not made our bed right. since last November. Right. So just figure out what they are. Maybe your non-negotiable is, um, I get my nails done every two weeks. Okay, well, how can we create a better non-negotiable <laughs> that creates better habits, right? So something that's creating excitement, energy, gratitude, productivity, something that's creating a better sense of feeling for you, and not just usually, makes you look better. Right. And it's usually not the things you want to do. They're right. usually the things you need to do, mm -hmm. right? I and, need to eat better. You're telling me I need to fuel my body. Yeah. I need to go to the gym because you're telling me I can create energy. Yes, we are telling you all of these things. Uh, we're also telling you to change the way that you're looking at these things. Yeah. And be a mature adult. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm going to be hard on people right now because so many people live their life like wants, 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 desires, right. pleasures, pleasures, pleasures. And then at the end of the day, all those things leave you fat, lazy, and tired. Stuck. Right? And so people need to be mature and say, okay, I need to do what I need to do, mm -hmm. right? Before I do, I used to tell the kids, do what you have to do so you could do what you want to do, right? right? And you have to do these things. You've got to take care of your body. you got to take care of what you eat. you got to find some way to meditate or to pray or whatever it is. You have to find time to do that. Right. And that kind of leads me into the next thing. If you have already gone down the list, again, just to recap, you know, talk about your feelings, figure out a way to get them out of your body, out of your mind and onto paper or into the hands of a therapist. Talking about your feelings is number one. Number two, get yourself moving so you can create energy and excitement in your body, in your life, in your mind. Number three, focus on fueling your body. It's not just about what you eat. It's about what you're consuming, what you're reading, who you're hanging out with, what things you're talking about, what conversations right. you're engaging in, what substances you are allowing to enter your body or right. what substances you're not. Number four, don't struggle in silence. I don't even think we went over this. No. Oops. So number four is don't struggle in silence. There's no greater agony than hearing the untold story inside of you. That's mm. a quote by Maya Angelou. Mm. So I would just tell you connection is really, really high on how to get through something. And it kind of ties into you like talk to someone, get it out, right? But connection is super important. And so one of the prompts on the Guide to Thrive Journal asks you every single day, who can I connect with today? Yeah. Who can I, you know, send a text message? Who can I write a letter to? Who can I thank? And I think that thinking about someone outside of yourself is really important, but also oh, yeah. focusing on like the relationships that you need in your life to help get you through, get you through challenging times is super important. When people feel the worst, they, they feel like they're alone, right? right? Because they feel like they're the only ones that feel that way and they put themselves in isolation. And what I find most of the time is that people, when you share 
you find connections in the fact that your vulnerability actually opens things up and people go, yeah, I felt that way too. Right. And here's what I did to here's fix what it. I, here, Those are the people yeah. you're looking for, and not... That, not people the, to commiserate with because yeah, that will make it worse. Not people going, oh my God, yeah, life doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And you go, what? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that connection is so important in finding people that you can speak to and not being afraid to be vulnerable. Right. Right. So. Okay. So rolling through the rest of these and then we'll wrap it up. Number five is rest and recovery. Take a break if you need it. Number six, do something that you're good at. Confidence building activities will right. help you build more freaking confidence. Number seven, establish your non-negotiables. Remember that your habits matter. And number eight, which I think is the most important, and this is after you have done all of those. You have taken a break if you needed. You've connected with people um, who are in your circle who can help you. You have talked about it, released it. I think number eight is probably my single biggest go-to when I feel down, when I feel like I'm battling sadness, when I feel like things are overwhelming. And number eight is be of service Mm. to someone else, to someone else that needs help. So you can show someone love in your life that maybe might be feeling lonely. You can volunteer at a shelter for the homeless. You can show up on a Sunday to serve a meal to those in need. You can start a nonprofit to collect jackets during the cold months. You can do something to serve and be of service to other people because the reality is, is we can always say that there's someone in a worse situation than you. Yeah, I love that. And I think the joy that we get from lighting other people's lives mm-hmm. up is huge. And so uh, service, I think, is, is should be top of people's list of like, right. I got to get that done. And it, and it can obviously, like Janelle just said, it can come in different forms. But I know that if I feel an ounce of like, ah, feeling down today, as soon as I pour into someone else, there's usually something that I'm pulling from myself that went through me to the other person. I'm like, wow, I need to hear that for myself, mm-hmm. right? And that usually is something that can be serving for you as well. But I, I do think that it's worth pointing out that we are also living in an age where people feel overwhelmed, committed, they're too busy, they're doing too many things. And moms in particular, and entrepreneurs in particular, you are saying yes to way too many things. So I am not telling you to say yes to more things because you wanna make people feel happy and you want to be a people pleaser. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying one story that quickly sticks out to me is I remember I was going through some really challenging times in business, in life with the kids. And I just remember I posted something on Facebook and I said, I needed to do something to be of service for someone else. Does anyone know anyone who's in need of anything? Can you please just share with me? And one of my friends reached out to me and she said, I know a family whose one-year-old daughter is battling brain cancer right now. And immediately, none of my problems made Mm. sense. Like none of my issues were at that level. Right. And so the magnitude, uh, you know, my focus had to switch to something that was greater than me. And I tried to do something to help the family out, to give them some encouraging words. And so I just felt so much better to stop focusing on myself and my problems and to pour that into someone else who needed that. it more than I did. That's huge. And so if you're worried about like, well, how do I show up for someone else if I can't even show up for myself? This is a way to show up for yourself, but ask yourself, what would mean the world to me if someone did X, Y, Z for me and then go do that for someone else? I so that's huge. I hope that this podcast episode really helps you. If you're feeling sad, if you're struggling with mental health, then 
Again, we're not trained professionals, but these are some of the go-to things that have worked in our life, that work with our students, that work with the people that we mentor, that work with our children if they listen. (laughs) Um, And these are just really habits to make sure that you are doing something to show up to participate in getting better or shifting your feelings or moving away from things that don't make you feel good. Yeah, and the last thing I'll just add is if there's a common thread through all these things, it's action, mm-hmm. right? And in order to make changes in your life, in order to get to a better place in your mental health, in your emotional health, action is required. You must do something. And mm-hmm. I'm, it doesn't have to be drastic action. Right. It can be subtle things, but you must be in action. And when you do that and you understand that if I feel a certain way and it hasn't gone away, you'll probably find that you haven't done anything, yep. right? And so do something. If you are deep in trouble, get help. And then obviously reach out to us, maybe. We can help out and and be there for you. So head over to JanelleCopeland.com. You can download this list and we will see you guys soon. Work on your habits, though. We want to see you energized and approaching life in a fun, energetic way. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Push through. Thank you for listening to The Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.